Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the AWS Podcast. Simon Leisha here. Great to have you back. And I'm joined by a special guest. I'm joined by Jeff Thorne today. Jeff is CEO of Thorne Technologies. Welcome to the podcast, Jeff. Thanks, Simon. Uh, pleasure to be here. Good to have you here. And uh, I think you're joining us from uh, from Maryland in the US. Is that right? That's correct. We are based in Columbia, Maryland, just outside of Washington, D.C. Fantastic. So I wanted to have you on the podcast because um, – you guys have been doing some really interesting uh, projects. Before we get into that, maybe let's just tell the listeners you know, who Thorn Technologies are, what what you do, and then we'll get into some details. What do you reckon? Great. Okay. Uh, we are um, – I'm the CEO of Thorn Technologies. We were founded in 2008, and we are an enterprise software consulting firm. So we help our customers, uh, both large Fortune 500 companies and, and small to mid, mid, medium-sized businesses, we help them build their products um, – and we do that leveraging Amazon Web Services in almost all of our cases. We are an Amazon certified consulting partner. Uh, and so we've got a lot of uh, solutions that we've built over the years that we can um, quickly deploy for our customers. And we've recently uh, launched some products as well onto the Amazon Web Services marketplace. Um, yeah, so you got you guys are a really interesting situation where you've, you're you're building, I guess, you know, bespoke solutions for for large customers and and medium sized customers too, um, but also have s- sort of branched out to create some products. So I want to cover some detail into both of those, but um, maybe share. Let's share some of the very cool projects you guys have been working on. There was one that that leapt out for me, which is is one that relates to kind of something we kind of take for granted, which is um, SMS. I mean, everyone uses SMS these days. Um, but you had a situation where you had a customer who wanted to move their SMS uh, marketing platform uh, basically from their on-premises infrastructure to, to AWS. Tell us about that because there's some pretty interesting numbers we can talk about. Yeah, no, that's a great uh, start. It kind of gives a little bit more of our background as well. As an enterprise software consulting firm, uh, one of our large customers is a major U.S. mobile network operator. And we had designed their original SMS marketing platform back in 2010, which they were using to, you know, send their customers reminders, uh, pay your bill or upgrade your phone. Um, so we continue to, to operate that platform for them and, and manage uh, that on a day-to-day basis. Uh, but about a year ago, you know, we were running into some issues with our infrastructure. Our servers were becoming quite dated. Uh, we're starting to get hardware failure in our data center. Um, they also wanted to do more. They wanted more power. They wanted to send more messages. They wanted to have greater capability. And, and at that point, we were able to really, we've been pushing them to migrate to Amazon Web Services for, for some time. Uh, but they finally agreed to about a year ago. And so we designed a really, um, thorough migration plan for them. We uh, kind of did it in a two-phase approach. Uh, first, we were able to migrate our existing platform almost as it was. So it was almost like a lift and shift kind of migration. Um, and we were able to do that uh, piece by piece. The first step that we did was creating a VPN connection right from our data center to our, our Amazon VPC that we were using for the, for, for this customer. And, um, we were able to migrate this platform component by component. It's a very large, complex platform environment with lots of, you know, servers and, and, and different components. Uh, the largest being obviously the database. Um, 
but by having that VPC connection, we actually had amazing throughput from our data center to, to Amazon uh, VPC in the U.S. East region because our data center is kind of in the same general area. Um, so we were able to migrate piece by piece, you know, first the database, then our application servers, then the web pages and all the other different components uh, until we pretty much had the entire infrastructure running in the cloud. Um, the next step uh, was to establish another VPN connection, this time between our VPC and the carrier itself. Uh, and so this Again, was we had amazing um, latent, like very low latency between um, our Amazon VPC and the carrier's data center, which also happened to be in Northern Virginia. Uh, so, you know, we we were going from our data center to one of the the operators' other data centers, which was much farther away. But now, with both Amazon and and their data center being in North Virginia our connection speed to them was uh, really very fast. Um, so, you know, with that migration alone, we were able to increase our throughput significantly. Uh, you know, we had been sending maybe a million SMS messages a day for this customer. Uh, and after doing that, we were up, you know, able to easily do three to five million messages uh, per day just in the, in the infrastructure upgrade. But that was only half the picture because once we migrated everything and had it working and running in Amazon Web Services, we really wanted to leverage, you know, what Amazon has to offer to, to really benefit our customer and, and let, allow them to do more. Uh, so at that point, phase two was to kind of redesign some aspects of our, our product and our infrastructure to really leverage some of Amazon's core services. You know, we we migrated our databases to RDS. You know, we um, we implemented a custom uh, cloud-based queuing system for for massive uh, amounts of uh, messaging traffic uh, using SQS as as the as the backing backing technology, um, where you know we're we're processing you know, literally a thousand messages per second using this infrastructure that we built. Uh, and most recently, we've migrated all of our reporting infrastructure uh, from a legacy data warehouse, which we painfully migrated to RDS initially. <laughs> <laughs> it was, you know, several hundred, uh, you know, almost a terabyte of, uh, uh, you know, database. But um, we recently migrated that to Redshift. Um and so now we're we're getting ready to to really uh, deploy that the migrate. That was our last piece of our uh, migration is or last grade of our phase two upgrade, I should say, um, which is really to to revamp our reporting infrastructure. And we've done some really cool things, not only with Redshift, but even as far as um, with with lambdas and 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 loading Redshift. Uh, you know, using a kind of like serverless technologies, which is something that we're a big fan of as well. And that's a, it's, a, it's an interesting story to tell. I'll link in the show notes because there's a, a pretty nifty architecture diagram as well for everyone to take a look at. But this is a, this classic example of people taking a, an existing architecture and not just lifting and shifting it into AWS, but actually optimizing it, modifying it, and take advantage of the cloud. Because 
if you're not doing that second phase, you're kind of kind of missing all the fun and missing the benefit um, of, of what you can do. And, and you know, as you mentioned, you got some some immediate performance increases straight away. But now with the new reporting platform, you're reporting you know in in 15 minutes is what used to take 24 hours. So that's it's that next step that kind of really delivers the value, doesn't it? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So you know, in that phase two, you know, we've really modernized the architecture, and it, it really is leveraging a lot of cloud native technologies. Um, you know, we're running our application servers in Elastic Beanstalk, where, um, you know, uh, using a serverless infrastructure to load kind of all of our reporting data. And, and like you said, we used to have in our classic data warehouse, we would load the data overnight and would take almost the entire, you know, the entire night. It would start at midnight and finish at six or seven o'clock in the morning. Um, but now, using the serverless lambdas and, and the Redshift, um, you know, copy kind of commands, and we, we're loading data every five minutes. And so, you know, our our data warehouse is, is you know, only like five minutes, you know, delayed from real time. Uh, so that's quite amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, no, that's very cool. Very yeah. cool. So that's a, that was a good example, obviously, of, of moving an existing application. But you guys also have done some interesting things in terms of, I guess, net new applications or, or fresh development. Maybe tell us about one you're you're pretty proud of. Yeah, sure. Um, there's a couple, actually, uh, two of them that really stand out in particular. You know, one is kind of a, a classic. We d- we have a strong background in, in mobile application development, uh, and we we've launched a an application last year in Southeast Asia for a mobile payments platform that's growing pretty significantly in the country of Myanmar. Um, you know, this is a market where, uh, you know, cash still is, is predominant and people don't have really credit cards or even, um, you know, bank accounts really. So, so in this environment, it was, uh, really ideal for a mobile, um, a mobile payments application. Uh, one of the things, for example, they um, that we do there is so we've built the entire infrastructure and it's all hosted on Amazon. Um, it, we were, were operating out of the Singapore region there um, and we've deployed a number of different mobile applications. We have a, a cash agent based application, which is used by roaming customer service agents to to cash people in, they collect cash uh, and and credit their their mobile wallets. Essentially, uh, we also have the consumer facing app, which is where it allows people to pay bills, it allows people to top up their airtime, and allows people to send each other money. You know, you can do peer transfers to send your friends and family money. Um, and we've also done some pretty neat things with kind of rewards and incentives and stuff in order to to grow that that consumer base. Um, so you know, we built this entire infrastructure from scratch on Amazon for several reasons. Um, you know, the IT you know, environment in the country there is not very reliable, um, nor is really the internet connection in many case, in many areas. Uh, but by being in Amazon, you know, we can easily, you know, we have the availability and reliability that we need. We could also scale uh, very easily. We have it all set up to, to auto scale. We, um, we are, do, we're, we're replicating our databases, not only across, you know, availability zones, we're also doing it across regions too, to have a, you know, hot backups, uh, and be really highly available. Um, being a, a, a 
transactional financial application, you know, we can't really risk losing any data whatsoever or else the entire, you know, general ledger accounting system kind of gets out of balance. So we've gone through, uh, you know, really great detail on, on being highly available and having that redundancy in place. Um, I think it's a really good story about how, you know, you, you can go from basically nothing to, um, to a, a highly functional set of financial systems that can service in not just one country, but an entire region really, really quickly, which is pretty cool. Exactly. You know, and then, and then, you know, and then the group that we're working with, you know, uh, has a really impressive uh, history of emerging, like financial tech in emerging markets. And so, you know, the goal eventually is to expand beyond just this one country. And so, you know, we've positioned it so that we can easily duplicate and scale and, and, and release into another market very quickly and easily as well. For sure, for sure. Now we've we've bounced from from you know, legacy application being modernized into net new application. Uh, I think it's a it's a useful junction now to talk about an old an old protocol that just won't go away. <laughs> yeah, <that was> true. <laughs> and I feel I feel kind of conflicted talking about this because part of me likes to sort of try and retire some of the older stuff that just you know, is maybe a little clunky, but. The reality is, is that stuff's out there for a long time, and SFTP is certainly in that category. So it is. Maybe, well, we've got some maybe, really. Sorry, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, maybe t- tell us about what drove you guys to create this and um, and what it is, because I think it's 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 definitely worth talking about. That's for sure. Yeah. Okay. Sure. I mean. Um- it is a, quite a legacy uh, tool or a protocol, but we found that it was still something that a lot of our customers really relied heavily upon, you know. And so, not only when you know we've done a number of different migrations um, for both, you know, our our customers and our products, and uh, and we found over and over again that ultimately, at the end of the day, the customer doesn't really care where the application is being hosted as long as it's it's working the way that it should and they have systems in place that transfer files and that that need to continue to work and so no matter how modern your architecture is running in the cloud or at amazon it still needs to interface with some of those legacy systems that your customers are using and so i know that we had this problem several times and realize when we realized that a lot of people who are building solutions on Amazon must have this problem also. Um, you know, we can't go to a, you know, a major mobile network carrier and say, oh, by the way, you guys, your IT, you need to change your IT policy. You can't use SFTP anymore because you now have to make an API call to Amazon S3. They're not going to do that. You know, they don't really care yeah, that yeah. <laughs> we're, you know, saving even files they, on even S3. Even if they want to do that, it's, it's yeah. Even if they want to do that, it's it's you know, the, some of these systems are quite old. They're not on schedule to be maintained. There's, there's a whole bunch right. of reasons why it might not be possible. Yeah. Right. Right. Exactly. And so you know, and so one of the challenges we found in the beginning was okay. Well, we can easily deploy an EC2 instance and have it work as an S. FTP server, but how do you then really automate the processing of that file using your modern application, you know, stack in, in, in Amazon? Uh, and so we came up with a pretty, I think, um, it's a robust approach. Um, you know, we're, we leverage a number of, uh, um, features of, of the operating system, but we're, we're listening basically on file descriptors as those new files are getting created. Um, you know, buy an SFTP upload, 
you know, and when upload is finished and, and the file descriptor is closed, you know, we can run some, some software that we've packaged with, uh, our AMI instance that, that is available on the Amazon marketplace. It's called SFTP Gateway. It, um, it will then, once the file's done being uploaded, it will then automatically transfer that file to an Amazon S3 bucket. Uh, and so that right there is, is our product. It's very simple. And, and by design, it's, it's very simple. You know, it literally will listen for incoming files when they're done uploading. It just transfers them to the bucket that you choose. Um, you know, when we use it in production environments, we take it one step further. You know, we then will set up S3 events to automatically fire lambdas that will then kick off the jobs that process the file. And, you know, the whole thing is completely automated. Yeah, that, that's um, when it gets, that's when it starts to get really cool. Well, but, exactly. uh, but you're right. I mean, yeah. Because <laughs> so, the integration is where the magic happens. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. So, I mean, we've given really what we're doing is providing this, uh, this product as a way to, to kind of get files into your application from external sources, you know, but really then once they're there, you know, you can do a lot of really cool things, you know, so a lot of our customers, for example, are, you know, using our product to upload audio files, you know, and so, so this is the kind of stuff that we kind of like playing with as well and, and, and researching is, you know, a lot of the new things that were announced recently at reInvent, for example, um, a lot of cool AI products that Amazon just came out recently. But but yeah, we're, we're, we'd love to take those audio files now that get uploaded and then automatically transcribe them or, or run them through kind of SageMaker, which is one of uh, the new products that um, uh, Amazon announced recently, which is like machine learning to really kind of process those transcriptions and really just learn have the have amazon learn what hmm. kind of uh you know the content is in these audio files and and so that's the kind of stuff that you know without our product getting all that data into amazon in the first place is you know not that easy so yeah it's painful no i think it's i think it's a it's a great solution like i say you know I, i'm i'm torn because uh yeah. you know, a lot of these are these all the these older protocols are there and they're not they're not going away look i've, I've been around since mainframe though right. so i get it you know, right it's hard to get rid of them but uh this this i think provides a really neat bridge because once what as as sort of many of the listeners know once you get stuff into s3 a whole world of opportunities opens up for you right. and so that getting through that barrier through something as easy as saying, hey, I'm just going to buy this SFTP gateway from the marketplace, it automatically hooks into S3, and then I can do everything kind of cloud-native from then on. Right, exactly. That's a pretty exciting solution. I like yeah, it. Yeah, and, you know, I we like have it. plans, obviously, for, for a roadmap for the product as well. You know, right now we, we've really nailed down the security. We've we've made it pretty tightly uh, pre-configured so that it's all key-based, and, you know, we've our initial product is really focused on usability and, and making sure that it just works out of the box and it's easy to set up and it's easy to, to just work. Um, but yeah. you know, in our roadmap, we really want to kind of expand into that S3 kind of infrastructure and kind of give people, uh, some tools or some, uh, kind of infrastructure for now. Okay. Now, once your files get in S3, what do you do with them? 
Uh, and so, if, you know, mm-hmm. we'll add some blogging capabilities. We're going to add some event notifications, you know, all using whether, um, you know, cloud, cloud watch, you know, or, uh, SNS or SES notifications when, when the files arrive. And then, yeah, we'll have uh, some generic lambdas that maybe fire that people can then customize themselves to really, you know, so we're going to try to build out that infrastructure further, uh, from once things get to S3 and beyond. Yeah, that, that sounds exciting. Now, Jeff, um, you know, you've been doing this for a while with customers. What would be your, I guess, number one piece of advice to people who are kind of starting out or going through their cloud journey? Be yeah, I think the number one piece of advice is to is to plan appropriately. You know, I think you know migrations can be complex. I think uh, you, there's a way to do it the right way and there's a way to do it the wrong way. One of the things that we always do with our customers during that phase one, uh, I didn't mention earlier, but we do code the infrastructure, you know, so even though it's a lift and shift, <clears throat> you know, that's got to be a repetitive, redeployable, you know, uh, effort. So, you know, totally. writing all that into CloudFormation templates so that you can put it under source control and have, you know, a repeatable deployment is is critical. Uh, and so that's part of the whole f- planning phase. Absolutely. Um, and then, yeah, absolutely. Once you're there, definitely leveraging the cloud native technologies is going to be a, a, a tremendous benefit to, to your business. For sure, for sure. Hey, Jeff, thanks so much for coming and joining us on the podcast today. Some really interesting things there. There'll be some links in the show notes as well. Great. Well, thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure. And thanks, everyone, for listening. We do love to get your feedback, at awspodcast at amazon.com. And until next time, keep on building.